Welcome to another fine episode of the Chatterbox Video Game Radio Show. My name's Alon. And my name's Ara. So this is actually episode 425. 25, does that say. Does that mean anything to you? It would have five episodes ago. Okay. But um, not right now. Let me tell you what happened to me earlier today, uh, the afternoon prior to recording episode 425. All right. So I'm in, in my yard of my other house. Right. And I The am Pac-Man house. Pac-Man house? Yeah. What does that mean? Because you built a stone Pac-Man. Oh, yard. yeah. That's not there anymore. How could you forget? <laughs> I totally forgot. So easily. Anyway. Um, <clears throat> so I'm there. I'm picking up some weeds and whatever because I don't live there. So I have to keep it in check every once in a while. Right. And I'm just like a lot of us probably would spinning around a stick, which happens to be a tool with a sharp end. Um it's uh, like you use it to pick out weeds and whatever. I'll take your word point for it. Point is, it's a point. It's literally a pointy stick. All right, um, but the kind that people decide to spend money to buy. So I'm spinning that around, and I just clumsy it up, and and it hits me in the face. Uh, so that's annoying, <laughs> right? But it slaps me right, right in the eye. I luckily I'm wearing eyewear, and uh, my very, very way too expensive glasses get tremendously scratched from this this medi, metal pointy stick. Um, and I think to myself, wow, that didn't sound crazy. Let me look at my... Oh, my God, I've got all these scratches on my glasses. That's crazy. I hope that's just dirt. That's not dirt. And uh, at that point, I'm like, you know what? I don't mind that I'm probably going to have to spend $200 to get my lens replaced because I don't have to get facial surgery or a new eyeball. So that was awesome. That is a fantastic... That was a long positive outlook yeah alon does not go to the emergency room story because usually it's me heading off to the er well i'm glad you're not in the emergency room yeah dude i, I mostly I, because then i'd have to do the show by myself and oh absolutely yeah <laughs> i would be calling you on the phone not, not because of any interest in your health or safety <laughs> i would just be like hey go into my house get the computer and and record um yeah best best 162 dollars or something that i had to that I ever had to spend. Well, you're, uh, let me congratulate you on your great luck then. <laughs> yeah. You know, sometimes in life you, you look back and you're like, man, if only I didn't go to the store today, I wouldn't have gotten in a car accident and then I wouldn't have broken my arm and my life would have been different, right? This is one yeah. of those, if only I wasn't spinning that stick, except I totally was wearing protection. <laughs> well, so, in, awesome. in all seriousness, that's a, that's a fantastic uh, attitude and I, I wish more people had that attitude. Yeah, I am, I am just, I am happy today. Because I have my eyes. What about you? What do you have to be happy about? Well, I'm I'm just completely in love with all these letters that we're getting. I have to say, we got a lot of email. Yes, I, think I we're really that enjoy every it. week. We're getting a lot of email. I really enjoy it, and um, in the spirit of receiving and loving emails, uh, I think we're going to read a few. Where do you want to start? So let's. Um, our friend, uh, actually, we don't know if he's our friend, but we'll call him our friend because he's a listener. Daniel sent okay. us sent us a letter. Um, so there's a couple things he wanted to talk about that I wanted to read on the air. Um, first one's about Daniel's lament about 2D games, and the second one's uh, about a little interesting controller thingy. So let's start with first things first. Um, so Daniel writes us and he asks or expresses. My first question or opinion is, why aren't there more 2D games? I partly know the answer. I wonder what he would say the answer is. But at the same time, I wonder why. Don't get me wrong before I begin, because I love 3D games too. It seems as if every company wants to create the next God of War, and I don't think that's entirely bad. But they miss the chance to make exceptional games like Shadow Complex. Uh, It's 3D game in a 2D environment, I guess. It's very much a 2D game with just 3D graphics. Right. Some, um, some games are not so cut and dry, but yeah. this one is definitely 2D. Big Little World. I think he means Little Big Planet. I, right? I'm i worried What's, there might the actually be a game, game called Big Little there World. There might actually be about. a game called Big Little World. That's always a possibility. I'll, I'll check on it. I was wondering <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> because he said it twice, so maybe there is. Uh, and Odin Sphere, which is actually the, the only pure, pure... 2D both implementation and and graphics game amongst these that he mentioned. Uh, anyway, in some ways, a team is forced to focus on cool things like 
more fluid character animation and movements, better backgrounds and interesting gameplay instead of having to worry about creating a whole world. That's just my opinion. I know it's because people want to create a profitable game and that's okay. But Big Little World isn't doing too bad, is it? Oh, I don't know. I guess it depends on which one. Um, is it Big Little World or Little Big World? He says it's Big Little World, if that is, if that is indeed a game. Um, you know what? It's funny. Um, there's a lot more, I think, 2D games out now, and especially with you know a lot of the browser games and a lot of the Flash games becoming really popular. Um, it's becoming, I think, more of a legitimate format. I think for a while there was... You know, especially when the PlayStation came out and during that era, once people figured out that they could do 3D, it was like, even though it looked like shit, especially during those days, you know, back like in the PlayStation one era. Yeah. Like, in, or like Sega CD or like 3DO era. Oh, right. Okay. You know, our, our 2D, our 2D looked okay. And our 3D looked like crap. But everybody wanted 3D because it was the new hot technology, you know. And it was almost like for a while any – and, and it, it, that momentum I think is still going on now. And I think that actually the reason why the way things are are the way things are is because mostly of this momentum that um, – yeah, I mean like 3D is just regarded as like the premier technology to use to make a game with. And 2D is like, you know, you're building with wood instead of metal, I guess. I feel like part of it is just a desire to be real or to, to be realistic, right? And so you look at a 2D game and, you know, why would someone be limited to, to existing in this two-dimensional Yeah, there's, plane, there's, right? that, there's that element for sure, right? I mean, if you're making a city, if you're going to make a space that's going to have three dimensions, I mean, okay, like you're going to be doing a 3D implementation. Um, there's definitely things you can do with that that you can't do in a 2D implementation. But on the other hand, and I think this is one of the things that, he's, that Daniel's alluding to, uh, you make a lot of sacrifices when you when you make that decision one way or the other. And one of the things that's really beautiful about the 2D format is that you can make some really incredible and beautiful-looking animation um, that's it's not really quite as easy to do in 3D. You know? Are you talking about, like, just hand-drawn animation stuff? Yeah, and, and there's actually... I mean, it's not just... It doesn't just go as far as looks go. Um, there's, in fact, um, a lot more subtle things that uh, in 3D become really horrendous, horrible uh, implementation problems that don't really exist in 2D. For example, right in Street Fighter, when you're doing, let's say you're making like the animation set for, um, I don't know, some move or some character, right? You can just draw the frames of the animation. You can have this guy's, you can have some, some fighter like Zangief's you know, arm go from, like, the right side of the frame to the left side of the frame in, like, one or two frames. No problem. But if you're... Now, if you've got a 3D rig that you're animating, right, if you've got 3D Zangief, it's much harder to make certain things look a certain way because you have to translate now his polygons of his model across space and things that would be trivial in 2D to represent now become really problematic. And so it's it's funny because right like we were we were playing that Galgun game the other day, right? Oh man. Remember Galgun? I'm still confused by that. As you should be. Um anyway, without getting too far into that it what is, that is. I could have sworn it was like a shoot 'em up at some point. Yeah, but it's, it's not. It's still kind of a shoot 'em up. No, but I mean it's like a first person. Yeah, first person. I'm I'm thinking like I thought it was Roll around in a spaceship shooting stuff. No, I think that was probably like some other... Was there some other game where you're actually like a girl floating in the space? Yeah, that was Otomedius. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally different game. Anyway, right? Like, one of the incredible things that they achieved in that game, and I'm not talking about the 300 varieties of underpants, was the fact that, I mean, like, it really looked like they spent, like, years on their character models and animations because... They're all implemented in three dimensions, but they're just so carefully done and so finely crafted. Like it looks, if you're if you're looking at it from six feet away, it kind of looks like it's two D. Yeah, I I figure it was just uh, the way that they designed the graphics engine, like just that radio. You well, know? well, it is, but it's. I mean, there's like there, there's. If you look at the models they used in like a game like Jet Set Radio and compared it to this one. 
Um, I mean, it was certainly well done. I'm not denying that. Yeah, like there's like they've done they've they've been able to do things with like three D three D anime character models that I have not seen equaled yet. So that was pretty impressive. Okay, it's funny to me that we're using that game as a reference for something that indeed was, was truly actually good, but that was just graphical, right? right. <clears throat> um. So anyway, um. So yeah. So you know, hey, we we like two D games too. I was actually just about to say, like, I find myself having more fun playing a game that's that's two-dimensional. I was just thinking, because uh, I was telling you this before the show, yeah. a couple nights ago I had some extra time on my hands because I'm on vacation this week. I wanted to uh, to play a game, so I looked through my list of games I hadn't really played or, or put a lot of time into. I was like, you know what? I know that Modern Warfare 3 is the big thing right now, but I'm going to try Modern Warfare 2 that I've had laying around forever. So I tried it, and it's, you know, it's stressful. It's a lot of army stuff, people shooting. It's not actually army. But anyway, I thought to myself, you know what I want right now is something. I actually finished playing. I was done for the night. I I wish I just had a game that was just, like, simple. And, like, I I was thinking Peggle style. And I had Peggle. Like, I chose not to play it. Right. But that's that's just what I wanted to play at that time because I wanted to sit and play something for half an hour and not get invested in this, like, large campaign of of ideas and like learning the controls and all that. I just wanted something simple, which I can only picture in my head as 2d. Right. Well, that's, that's the beauty of the 2d format too, is that regardless of what kind of game you're making in 2d, there's, there's, there's this simplicity about it because it's, there isn't a third dimension of movement. Right. And so there's a, a very certain kind of focus that you're getting when you're playing a game in that format that you're not really afforded in in a 3D game format. Well, there it is. Indeed. Thank you, everyone. We'll be uh, right back, going to break, and uh, yeah, then we'll talk about other emails. Be right back. Chatterboxers, how much do you love Amazon.com? Since you're like me, the answer is a lot. And since you love Chatterbox almost as much, here's what I want you to do. Next time you get a new game, a pair of socks, downloadable MP3, anything really, go to helpchatterbox.com. It takes you to Amazon, but when you buy something, we get a piece of the action. That's good for us, and Amazon feels good because you didn't buy it from GameStop. Helpchatterbox.com. Remember it. Bookmark it. Tattoo it backwards on your forehead. And yes, all I'm asking you to do is buy stuff you are already going to buy. Just do it at helpchatterbox.com. And we're back. You're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Sponsored by the University of Advancing Technology, whose website is uat.edu, and we urge you to check that out. So we were talking about Daniel's email. Yes, and Daniel likes to write very long emails. That's true. You want me to do the second part here? Sure. So he says, uh, you guys were talking about creating a new controller, which I'm guessing he's talking about my arcade controller. Yeah. Okay, because that's not, although it's new to me, it's not new technology, it's just putting some buttons in a piece of metal but but anyway this is a good segue into his question he says i thought uh i thought that it's always nice to keep on creating better ways to control a game because who are we to say that we've already perfected it you know sure the 360 controllers are the masters of the console in many people's opinion but who knows if there's a design that can be more responsive and uh functional with more precision or function with more precision you know you know that i'm always left wanting more from control devices I think we all do, to some extent, but um, some I, more than others. There are severe issues, and certainly, I think with technology, almost any issue can be overcome. But I take the Wii as an example, and this is uh, reiterating some things I've said before. But like, so I'm building this this arcade joystick, which, by the way, should be done this week. In case anyone's curious. Uh, Thursday, I think, is the day we approach the laser. I think, I th- you know, I mean, if I were you and I read this email, I would be totally inspired to develop my own um, 
um, arcade button style. That that would be interesting. You should, you should totally do that. I think other people have certainly perfected that exact function. <laughs> you could have you could have it named after yourself. You can have it. You could call it the Elan. The Elan. I would like that very much, you know? but I, I have a feeling it wouldn't be picked up by the masses. It could. It could be like. It could be like that. Like that weird. Um. Like Canadian screwdriver shape that like nobody uses except I, like. People I have no idea what you're there, talking about right now. Yeah, there was like I don't know something like that happened once. Okay, good. So, so anyway, I'm building this new new controller, but it's it's completely digital, right? Um, meaning you press the button, you get what you expect from that button or it's broken right those are the two <laughs> two positions it's either not working or it is and when it works it does exactly what you expect no f- you no 49 way joystick no i'm not doing that oh. um so I, I've, I've talked about that how it's hard to put that sort of precision which is what daniel wrote about in his email um hard to get that sort of precision from something that is not digital and yes you know these these new methods of controlling things that are coming out, like the Wii and the Move and the Connect. Oh, I got to tell you a Connect story. Um, anyway, so these these things are not digital. They're trying to take your natural movement. The problem is that people don't all move in the same way, and so they have to make it either very generic or have software that interprets things um, very very loosely, uh, or you might say too tightly depending on, on your outlook but yeah, the point if, you're, is, if you're talking about the gesture style controls. yeah i mean because like the the playstation move i like better because it's just it expects this controller you're holding to be held you know or it knows that it's at, at a certain height or position right or rotation or whatever it knows and so it can take that data and do more with it and i guess the wii with the the extra thing on it or now they're all built that way with the wii motion plus built in yeah. but um I'm not sure how it compares to the PlayStation Move. I don't know all the technology in it, but it does a better job. Point is, it's it's still fully analog, right? And it has to convert your movements for things like a golf swing into action on a screen. And so in in Street Fighter, which is the example we always use for an arcade stick or digital or something, you press punch, you get punch. And you've got three different types of punch based on which button you're pressing. Not how hard you're pressing them, contrary to the first Street right. Fighter game that came yeah. out, um, or... Uh, other things you might do with the controller, like flinging it around your head or something. And the punches, the output of the punch is the same no matter how you do it. Exactly, right. Uh, but with a Wii controller, you're going to have a three-year-old playing golf with this controller or bowling, right? You're going to have his adult mother playing as well and everything in between. And so let's say you could calculate the force that this person's using with the controller of swinging it from, you know, way above their head through through a golf stroke, Um I, I don't even know if the technology is capable of, of like knowing the exact force that I swing if I'm doing a strong swing, right, versus a light swing or a child swing. I have no idea, but let's assume it does. Um, it's still, it wants to give the child the ability to swing like Tiger Woods, right? So it's not going to say, well, since you're a kid, you're only going to be able to, to hit the ball 30 yards or something. Um, and what I've, I've always asked for is that these machines give you some amount of, of calibration, to be able to figure out, like, okay, I can swing, you know, at this maximum um, force. That's the word I'm looking for. So I can swing really hard or really soft, and that's the the range of motion I wanted to accept for my character. And I don't know why they they haven't done that yet. And for all I know, a golf game has done that, and I just haven't played it, right? But um, for simplicity's sake, I guess, Nintendo certainly doesn't do that in their games. And you end up with, if you're anyone who's not five years old and swinging this thing, you're going to be able to go way past the maximum and you're just going to, you're going to get not realistic movement, right? It doesn't matter if you hit it hard or soft, not to mention the fact that you can just flick it a little bit. Right. Well, regardless of who you are, the, the, the quality of the interface is just degraded by its lack of precision. Yeah. Well, but I mean, what they also want to do is, is give that kid the ability, like I said, to swing like Tiger Woods. And if you took someone who doesn't play golf and someone who does and, and try to give them like a level playing field. It it by virtue of what you're trying to give the player, it's going to not be realistic, right? Because players are not Tiger Woods. Yeah. Well, I mean, like even if you just forget about realism, I mean that that sort of thing. Like, since they collapse the possible output that you can get from your inputs in order to make it playable and accessible to lots of different people who have different habits and strengths and so on, right? You're you're just 
you're getting an interface still that feels like it's not really exactly one to one with what you're doing. Yeah, and and so this this plays to his question about um, increased precision, and and I don't even like maybe it doesn't answer that question very well, right? I, I'm sure someone could create a controller that's even better, but what matters is how it would be used, right? And so I personally would love something that uh, takes my movements into consideration properly, right? Puts it into the game, and then I have to live up to a higher standard rather than just giving me some great quality because it's a video game, right? And by that, I mean, you know, being a really good sword fighter or a really good street fighter or a really good golf player, right? Um, just because I'm in this video game, not everyone's a pro. I would love to, to actually be able to make my golf game better. I don't golf, but, you know, if I were a golfer, be able to make it better by playing this game properly versus, you know, improperly where you don't have the right form or something. But that's not what game developers want want to give you all the time right it would have to be a very special simulation style game to do that and right anyway well the, the interesting thing that i thought from what he was saying because he, he he gets into um and i'm not going to read it but he, he gets into starts explaining this product called the hydra um and it was i it's this, this motion controller for the pc that uh, it looks like it has special implementation for portal 2 yeah, right. Portal Two was built around it basically to show it off. I think it's essentially a PlayStation Move, and um, and this was actually a product uh, that his brother worked on, and so congratulations, Daniel's brother. Um, but he he seems to be um, you know a little concerned that you know there's there's a lot of I don't want to say disparaging that might be too strong a word, but there's some negative comments about this device, yeah. which you're going to get from from any device. You're going to get good and bad. Yeah, and and here's and that's that's also definitely true. No matter how good or bad it is, you'll still get the good and bad. Um, the thing that I think is most interesting, though, is that if I look at controllers that I've used and liked and wanted to use and also not wanted to use after trying it out, right? Uh, the ones that, at least for me. The, the recurring theme is that if I'm using a controller that is general purpose enough, right, that I'm now using a new controller in place of the old one for a game, right, whether that's Portal 2 or a shooter or a racing game or whatever, right, the ones that I've stuck with are the ones that help me perform better. And the ones that I've discarded are the ones that make the experience of playing the game either more difficult to perform at the same level or they don't actually confer any performance advantage. So I'll give you an example, right? Um, this controller came out uh, in the early PlayStation days called the Negicon. I know the Negicon. Yeah. Negicon. It's called – it's a controller that you basically twist in your hands and the twisting motion – uh, basically, is what controlled your steering. It was for racing games. This is this is very the interesting controller. Yeah. Also, like incredible, because what it happened is not only did it give you um, like a one-to-one steering wheel axis of control in something you could hold in your hand, but it also expanded the range of motion for steering. From I mean, look, you guys you were using like dual shock controllers to steer which is like from left to right, that's like what? Like a few centimeters range of motion at best. Well, the Nedgecon actually came out when there were no analog controllers. I know, ironically enough. And that's what I'm saying. It was so far superior, right? And so this gave you like this thing you could twist 180 degrees, gave you such a huge range of motion, which was absolutely beautiful for racing games, right? And I kept using it for all the racing games that I could because I performed better with it. It's you funny know. you say that because anytime I've ever used a, an analog controller, yeah, uh, I have done well, like for a racing game, yeah. I've done worse than I did with the digital well, controller. Th- this one, like many things, it has a certain acclimation time. You have to use it for. I figured it was about half an hour, or uh, maybe to an hour, before you started getting better with it than without it, right? But there's other controllers, like um, the Namco released something else called the JogCon. Which was another different weird way to steer. Yeah, I it was, never used the jog con. It was it's terrible. It's terrible, right? And so, it, I mean, nobody knows what it is. And I think a lot of people do. It's the one. It actually looks like an RC car remote. Yeah, I mean, it's like the it's, one with the trigger yeah. and the and like anyway, the knob on the side. Yeah, like stuff like that and stuff like the U Force and the Power Glove and the NES. You remember the U Force? Yeah. Look, 
The reason why these things didn't catch on, I think, is because they were harder to use. Uh, in most cases, you're probably right. I never actually used the U-Force, but I totally wanted to. And they didn't make you perform better. Well, we'll be right back, guys. segment not at all no you think we're done i think we're totally done Uh, we're ready to move on to something bigger and better i do want to say that i like controllers that make my life easier but i what i i I didn't want people to think that meant under all circumstances right because there are these controllers that go crazy and, and give you cheating functions right or what we would consider cheating and i am not I'm not cool with those. At least playing, I don't care. Um, yeah. Use now them. that you mentioned that, um, if if there's any possibility for lack of clarity as far as that goes, um, when I mean controllers that help you perform better, I don't mean controllers that help you perform better by not doing anything else, like turning on the turbo button. Oh. I mean controllers that don't give you special powers. And yet, by virtue of the interface, it enables you to perform better. That's the ideal. Good. Well, now that we have that out of the way. Yes. That, that's, I think that's an important differentiator. Yeah. Now that we have that out of the way, I can talk about my Cytosport Monster Milk Contains No Milk Protein Power Shakes. Yeah, way to segue into that. <laughs> so I don't even know why I'm saying this because normally um, we should be getting money when I mention so many words. But... This feels like a first segment discussion, but okay. Yeah, I just wanted to tell you, Alon, and everybody, I don't know why I did this, but I bought a case of uh, 12 of these. Cytosport cookies and cream monster milks? Yeah, net content 7.1 liters, and I've drunk already two-thirds of it, and it's been four days. Wow. So you you have two cases, you said? No, one case. Did I say two cases? Well... You say you drank two-thirds of it, but I only yeah. see one-third of it gone. No, these are empty bottles. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Well, I'm, I'm glad you love your Cytosport so much. So I have I, not um, seen a, a prepared protein drink with 45 grams of protein in it before. So, Yeah. Good on pretty, you, sir. It's pretty exciting. That is totally, totally exciting. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. We have one other email I wanted to mention <clears throat> very yes. quickly. Um, we have a long, long-time listener of the show. Uh, Bacon Sandwich is his, his username in the forums when we used to have forums. Um, <clears throat> he has gone to PAX and participated as an Omega Knot twice already. Oh, uh, yes. He's going for a third time now. You might not know this if you're not familiar with PAX or the Omegathon. If you get second place, if you're one of the, you know, the two people on the podium at the very end competing, but you uh, lose, you're invited back automatically as an Omega Knot next year. And that happened to him twice. How does, how does one become an Omega Knot? This is not a status confirmed. Randomly selected. Really? Random. Yeah. Totally Anyone random. who pre-registers for packs is, uh, they just run through them all random. And then Gabe and Tycho or Mike and Jerry, they just call you up and say, hey, you want to be an Omega Knot? And, of course, you're like, hell yeah, I want to be on a Mega Knot. I didn't care about PAX anyway. I'm just going to spend the whole time playing a few games. See, I would go only for that reason. But now that I've learned that it's a random drawing, I'm crestfallen. Well, you know in advance. Yeah. You know long in advance. Maybe maybe I'll register just to have that opportunity. Nowadays, actually, everyone is pre-registered because buying tickets on day of is – I don't even know that that's an option anymore. But but anyway, maybe they have more stringent requirements. Point is, you know in advance, they pick you. I'm pretty sure there's randomness involved. Except for one of the people who is number two from the previous year, and that is our very own bacon sandwich at PAX East. He is going for the third time now, and he wanted us to give him a shout-out. You earned it. Good luck. I hope this is your year. 
He's probably the most experienced Omega Knot. I, I think he is definitely. I I've never heard of anyone else going more yeah. often. So so he's going to have a huge advantage. Yeah. But like sometimes you get you get partnered up with someone. He was talking about it. Like he had some tough breaks. Oh yeah. Like one time, right. like the Contra game broke or something, had to be reset. They were doing well, but when they played through the second time, it didn't play well. Oh, that sounds a little. Well. That sounds. Or his a little partner sinister. didn't know how to play or something. I don't. I don't know. But various he, things happened where, it, I'm sure it all levels out where other other people have bad stuff happen to them too. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, he's he's a little bit bitter about that. But good luck to you, sir. Uh, I wish I would be there to to root you on, but you know what would suck is if he doesn't do well at all, doesn't make it anywhere close even to even second place. That would that be totally is not a jinx. Disappointing. So you're going to do great. Yeah, I trust trust in you. I have no idea what they give away for prizes anymore, but Pax used to give huge prizes away for the Omegathon. Huge. So I'm I'm you're you are now reminding me about uh, how much I liked video game competitions and how few there are. There are a lot. Except for fighting games. No, no, they're even outside of fighting games. I don't know where they happen, but I hear yeah. about people playing they big competitions they, they winning tens of thousands of dollars. They ain't here. Well, we're and in Phoenix. Yeah. And and I'm not just I'm not talking about like the big time like national contests, right? I'm talking about like someone where I mean like, okay, I'm pretty good, but I'm not like professional competitive level with these games that they play. So right? you're just talking about competing against your friends and beating them all? Yeah, or just having like a, like a local competition, you know? Something where you can actually, you know, play and have maybe practice a little bit and you have a chance to do well. You know, not this like, you know, I'm playing this game that's a national game and, you know, on the scoreboard I got um, 2,000th place out of like... 30,000 players and that's a pretty good score except for the fact that 2,000 people did better than you. <laughs> yeah, that is and that is disappointing. Huh? Um it just kind of like that whole thing uh, I mean it just you know as as a very very like individual gamer, right? Who does not practice religiously at one game. Um it's it's kind of disappointing to see that you know most of the competitions I hear about are either, um, you know, the kind where you have to be playing, like, you have to be a committed professional at it to be even competitive, right? They're either that or they're like, well, I guess they're just all that. They pretty much are now. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it would be really nice to see some some local competitions. Like the not blockbuster, just, not just for me, right? But just uh, you know, just for there to be like more of a community of you know events and things that happen for people who play games in in their own communities. Well, we should start that. We should totally start kind that. of like we've been talking about for a long time now. Yeah, that, this is true. So I, I, it's it's really it's all my fault. Okay, that it doesn't exist. Good. Well, what else do we have on the roster today? Well, let's see here. Ah, <clears throat> uh, yes. Good old congressman. Do you know about Congressman um, Baca and Wolf? Mm, Perchance. No. Well, they are um, Democrat and Republican, respectively. And they said, hey, let's see. Uh, let's let's introduce a bill. Oh, look, it looks like elections may be coming up around the horizon. Uh, what should we um, propose a bill for? I bet video games. Um, is this bipartisan group working together? Well, they must be, and future? they must be bipartisan. So let's see. Um, serious problems, uh, economy, war, uh, medical reform. Wait, what's the big one that's happening right now? Uh, oh, yeah, birth control. Birth control. Not even birth control. No, none of those things take precedence over the impact and importance of video games. Well, that's, you know, that's America's youth. So, they said at least at least their um their uh, bill is short. I'll give them that kudos. Were you able to read the whole thing? Yeah, it was like a two-page PDF and yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um what is not awesome is the content of the bill, which it's basically called Violence in Video Games Labeling Act. And here's how it goes. Um, what, so do they want to spell it out? 
when there's blood and guts and whatever? Yeah. So for every single video game that's ESRB rated, okay, uh, this bill says, uh, also put a prominently displayed message reading, warning, exposure to violent video games has been linked to aggressive behavior. This, they would have to put on even games that are rated E for everyone. I mean, I I don't care whether or not it's on every game, but uh, to say that it's been linked. (laughs) That is, like, out of all of the weasel words that you could ever hope to use, like, that is the least strong one you could select. Yeah, but it still has a great implication, right? It's... It's been has, linked. Has it been doesn't say linked. how many studies or how strongly it's been linked. Uh, yeah. You know, if it's a causation it's, or it's, a correlation. It doesn't say anything. I mean, like, I have been linked to, I don't know, um, donuts. Like, what does that <laughs> have to do with anything? You know? That's, that's true. Um, <clears throat> okay. And, and how's that doing? Well, we don't know, but, um, I mean, I'm just like... Really? Like, they're bringing this up again? Like, how many times? I mean, it's getting really, really silly at this point. I'm upset. It seems like just a waste of, of our resources. I mean, look, California, okay? The California state government just wasted, spent over a million dollars of their constituents' money um, basically litigating against um, the ESRB. Not the ESRB, but ESA or something like that, right? Basically, they lost a huge court battle where they were trying to restrict these kinds of things and do these kinds of things. They were trying to what put put them in special locations and stores or stop uh, stop mature gosh, games. Gosh, I think I think this was the one where like it like required you to. Um, gosh, okay, like I'm not even going to make it up. Just show ID. But there's there, there's something there's something about them like deciding you know who gets. I think it was actually, if I remember now, like something to do with like uh, if you're underage, you can't buy uh, rated M games or something like yeah. that. And if you, as a retailer, sold it, then the person who made the sale, yeah, then you get like some kind fine. of something bad happens. Yeah, but okay, they just spent all that money, state of California that they didn't have, and now and now this and now this is coming up, and and time and time again, like this has been debunked so many times. In so many ways, I mean, it's just laughable at this point. Yeah, well, <clears throat> what's like I said, it's just silly that they're wasting wasting the resources creating these bills in the first place, wasting their time when they could be do something, doing something more interesting. I, but to say that it's linked is so weak. It is I, weak. It certainly links aggressive behavior in myself, but that only lasts for five minutes. And then I'm off the yeah, road. Yeah, it's like it's it's not even worth dignifying it by for further discussion, frankly. Good, because we don't have time for further discussion. That's right. We're going to break. We'll be right back. are you going to find a master of science program in technology that creates thinkers who understand how business works and how to apply the technology where else are you going to discover a graduate degree in technology that is customized to meet your objectives where else in the valley on campus or online can you study at the only private university that gives you the opportunity to focus in specialized areas like network security artificial life programming and game studies as well as technology management where else? Where else but the University of Advancing Technology? UAT's graduate technology program is accelerated. It combines business with technology. It offers the flexibility to adapt quickly to changes that come in high-tech fields. Feed your brain. Lead. Manage. You won't find this innovative environment anywhere else. UAT, the select private university where you'll be fully immersed in technology. The experience is unrivaled. Click UAT.edu. That's UAT.edu. And we are back once again. You're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. 
Don't forget to go to uat.edu, the website for the University of Advancing Technology. Check out what they have for you. All right. I got something that just puts a smile on my face. What's that? Sometime around last week, there were... I was so disappointed this didn't happen to me. But there were apparently widespread reports of Xbox 360 achievements being wiped. Have you heard about this? I read something that mentioned it, but I don't actually know the details. Yeah, Mine, so, as far as I know, did not get wiped. Yes. But I didn't actually check. I was I was so hoping. So Okay, so here's what happened, right? Um, apparently, if you would one day you know, turn on your Xbox and, and log in, it would say, oh, you have zero gamer score. Oh, my God. The and, horror. Right. And this, well, now, maybe this says something about me. While most people would be disappointed, I was just fantasizing so much. If I could have that, if I could have a gamer score of zero, how happy that would make me. You mean because you just want to express that you don't play games or that you don't care about gamer score? Like The latter. Like what a what a beautiful statement that could be if I because you can, you could, it's virtually impossible. But then the next time you play a game, you'd have five or ten. That, or that's 15. the thing. That's the thing. It's virtually impossible to have a zero gamer score. So if I could have a zero gamer score, how beautiful would that be? Would it would be funny because you would be doing the reverse of achievements now. From from now on, you would look at the achievements. I would be avoiding and avoid getting right. any one of them. Yes, I kind of. Well, I don't actually try to avoid them. But I definitely don't try to gain any of them. I am totally a Chivo whore, dude. Because they're just fun challenges. Yeah, sure they are. They are. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I can't even remember what game I was playing the other day. Your mileage may vary. It was with trying. I was just trying to, you know, it's stupid stuff. It it, it could be, but don't... Destroy so many enemies in under a second or something. Yeah, I know. I know. It's fun. Yeah, sure. It's part of the game. Yeah. And you know what's part of my game? Not doing achievements? Trying to get the lowest gamer score possible. Yeah, that's um, commendable in a strange way. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So they fixed it, apparently. So it's not been widespread, or at least isn't any longer. And um, I still have several thousand gamer score points that I don't know what to do with. So yeah, I have over 10,000 now, I think. You, sir, are a champion. I have an open challenge, by the way, to people to, to try to beat me at Doritos Crash Course. There's one guy who takes me seriously. Yeah. And, uh, What's wrong with him? He has a better score than me on a couple of levels, um, but mostly mostly it's all me. Yeah. Now, individual competitions, uh, so that's something I can get behind. Yes. You know? But this this whole like that you don't like the leaderboards. No, no, that's no, why no. the friends no, no, no. leaderboard no, 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 is no. awesome. Listen to me. I like the leaderboards. What I don't like is this whole aggregate score thing. This whole aggregate score representing somehow you know that's a leaderboard, leaderboard, right? No, I don't know what you mean by leaderboards. But when I hear the word, okay, what that tells me is that it's basically a scoreboard to compare individual scores on doing a certain thing. Yep. That's that's exactly what I'm talking about. So, your friend beating you or not beating you on stage five of Doritos Diner Dash <laughs> Destruction Crash dinosaur, Course, whatever. Yep. Okay, that's meaningful. Okay, a gamer score of twenty thousand is not meaningful because oh, you're talking about the overall yes, yeah, because there are myriad ways you can arrive at that number, and you never know how the the person arrived at that number. But anyway, I didn't want to spend too much time on this. I just I was really happy for about two hours one day, and then it all it all. That is a really long period of (laughs) happiness for this piece of news. Indeed. (laughs) All right. So you want to get to this? This is pretty much dubbed the mail episode. Yes. Uh, So let's continue with mail because it's just all mail all the time. Don't forget, by the way, you can go to chatterboxgameshow.com. And you've got uh, you've got ways to contact us there, our individual emails, and then the, the contact page. And don't let the volume of email being expressed on this episode restrain you from sending us further emails. Oh no! On the other hand, I think us reading mail has encouraged people to send more in. I agree because we've been seeing more. So um, you want you want me to run with this? Or yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Considering that I don't have it in front of me. Yeah, I'm. I'm not really sure 
where to start with it, but he's talking about Street Fighter versus Tekken. So he says, I picked up Street Fighter versus Tekken, and I admit I find it hilarious that Capcom chose to envision Mega Man as a short, out-of-shape, and gun-wielding buffoon. I've read various boards and comments on gaming review websites surrounding the roster uh, of Street Fighter versus Te- or Cross Tekken, and it's even more hilarious that gamers are infuriated by the design of Mega Man. And then he goes on to just talk more about it and their have you seen this strange character? emotional connection. I've seen um, artwork of him, but I still haven't seen the game like other yeah. than just a, a pre-release. Version. He looks really bad. I mean, it's literally like a big fat guy. Isn't he just Mega like the, like a, a beer belly kind of? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like it's almost like the big fat guy in like Final Fight in a Mega Man suit. Yeah, I figure he he probably fits the Rufus character from Street Fighter Four, right? It's um, gosh. It's not quite. It's not too far off from there. He's uh, he's pretty big and fat and ugly and very un Mega Man like. So, but, so what did you want to say about? This? So here's so here's the funny. I mean, like really, like I mean, I suppose now truly, right? Like gamers um, are getting more illegitimately upset at things than um, any other collective group of people. Because here's the funny part, right? I. Today I even read uh, a statement that said that um, the Mega Man guy, right, Mister Mega Man, the guy who like originated the character, he gave his blessing. Inafune. Inafune himself, Keiji Inafune, gave his blessing for this to Mister Ono, who's the Street Fighter guy, and so you know clearly if the guy who invented the thing. Says, yeah, that's cool. It's funny because he doesn't even work for Capcom anymore, right? Yeah, it's okay. It's got to be okay, you know. And I mean, I mean, okay, I get it. You know, you don't want to see a big fat. I think that's hilarious. Fat bastard guy on the screen when you were wishing you would be cute little Mega Man. I like that they're they're taking a chance and just doing something weird with it. Cause I o- do too. Ono's got Actually. a serious sense of humor, yeah, which I did not realize with Street Fighter Two. Oh yeah, or even sure. Three, but in Street Fighter Four, it is apparent. Yeah, that he is messing with everybody. Yeah, and um, and yeah, and I guess he's messing with gamers too now. And if I don't know, if you don't like that, suck it up, I guess. So here's one one thing I wanted to read on it. I sent I sent the email that we got from from Martello over to. Uh, resident gaming expert eric hawkins uh who who works on golgatron we've mentioned golgatron here before yes golgatron.com um and and he helped me design the joystick stuff or at least talk through um building the joystick that i'm building and so i sent this email over where where martello is asking about you know how weird it is that people have this emotional attachment to this idea in their head of a certain character type um or character style i mean and then asked us also about Uh, how we feel about the outrage from these people. So anyway, I sent this over to Hawk. He says, I don't think fans can expect a traditional Mega Man skin in Street Fighter Cross Tekken, which is something that Martello had asked. Like if if they released traditional skins in the DLC or something, would that appease people? So Eric says that probably won't happen. If anything, to continue trolling the fans, they may include skins from other Mega Man box art that is as terrible but in different ways. We could even see a box art style Zero costume to keep in line with how Zero got a Mega Man skin in Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Uh, right, so so what he's referring to, in case it, it wasn't clear, is that this Mega Man character is supposed to be like the bad 1985 or 6 or 7 uh, U- United States American box art for the game, yeah, which was horrendous. Yeah, although that guy was not fat. He wasn't fat, you're right. So, But he was this weird... But he was like, ugly. Yeah, it was a little bit weird. Anyway, so Hawk continues, there have already been announced crossover costumes to make Capcom fighters look like their Tekken foes and vice versa, but nothing's been announced as far as alternate canonical costumes for either side. I wholeheartedly stand behind Capcom's ignoring of fan outrage because their true fans are supporting the tremendous work they've been doing lately. There are no different... Uh, they are no different than any other huge publisher and that they're trying uh, in creative ways to stay in business and stay profitable in such a volatile market. And then he goes on to talk more about online DLC or on disc DLC. Well, I don't know how much uh, Fat Ugly Mega Man is like a method for um, surviving in a volatile market. But I got to say, there's a lot of complaining that goes on in video games. Just in internet in general, man. But... But again, it's just cool that they're they're doing something interesting, right? Because I, I think it's I think it's cool as well. I have 
nothing but um, giggles and happiness to uh, see the fat, ugly Mega Man. I mean, wh- what if they had just done the traditional one? First of all, he wouldn't really fit in the world of Tekken or or Street Fighter. Uh, yeah, but they do have Pac-Man also. So, and he's not fat or ugly. He's regular Pac-Man. Okay. He's he's just on. Uh, Isn't a, the Pac-Man like on a shadow head? No, he he's, he. It looks like he's on a Mokujin uh, like Mecha, which is like a, the Woodman from Tekken. Okay. Yeah, that was also weird. Tekken always did weird stuff, though. Yeah. But um, it's just it's good that they gave him some character. They made him different. They got some attention with it. I like it. You know what? I I think that this is, you know, it's very easy to complain about things, and certainly, you know, we we enjoy our share of that. Um, but hopefully, we we hope that it's insightful complaining and not just bratty complaining like the kind that we hear about all the time, right? But I think that there's like. I don't – I'm not even sure if all this complaining – because we've got like this Mass Effect 3 stuff that we won't get to this, this week and, and all that other stuff happening with people complaining about things, right? It's the easiest thing in the world to complain. And what's even easier than complaining is logging on an internet avenue and then complaining about something there. Well, yeah, and lately complaints and outrage have resulted in change, right? Like in – in uh, Egypt, in the Middle East, there's all these changes, and then in America, with these SOPA things happening and companies changing their decisions, and uh, well, lately sir, petitions have had an effect. Well, well, sir. I mean, yeah. I don't. I don't want to. Um, I don't want to lend too much credence to the um, retarded kind of complaining by comparing it to the uh, legitimate and, and world-changing important type of complaining. No, but don't my point is, we're now seeing that these because it used to be online petitions didn't do anything. And now they're That's actually true. doing something. They can they can do something, but also some other things. Just because something is complained about doesn't mean it's worth it or worth changing. You know what we get complaints about sometimes? How long our show is. That the show is not long enough. Indeed. And on that, we're going to go. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. We'll be back next week. Don't forget to go to chatterboxgameshow.com. Good night, guys. You've been listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember, all your base are belong to us.